Let's go! No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to steal on this <laughs> opening. Uh, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to a, another fantastic episode of Virtual Courtside. I am Harris Rubenstein. Alongside me is my ever-so-wonderful co-host, Mr. Dirk. How are you doing today, Mr. Dirk? I'm doing all right. Nice. That's, that's, that's as much as I can really say. I'm doing all right. Okay, okay. Are I'm you, alive. You are alive. That's true. You, you <laughs> at, the very, you, at the minimum, you have your life. Um, yes. But... Are you also privy to what the NBA 2K League announced today, Mr. I have a life and I'm alive? Um, heard a couple things. Had no clue about this uh, NBA 2K League alley thing. Mm -hmm. uh, knew about the 3 3 showcase. Uh, knew about Tyrese Halliburton yes, being involved for uh, a few months. So, um, dope. We've been waiting for a high-profile player to get involved. Tyrese Halliburton's been on the rise this year. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, perfect that we are in Indianapolis again um, for it. So, the the alley concept will be very interesting. I'm assuming. I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's just a fan experience. Yeah, um, that seems to be like. I think we're gonna have like a section at the All Star game where people are gonna come over. the The anime culture is is an interesting side to this. I wonder how they're gonna integrate that. But uh, Herb uh, Scribner with the Washington Post, he kind of added on to the announcement saying the event will include NBA players, content creators, and many other special guests. I'll include gaming stations with 2K, competitions where fans can challenge Ronnie 2K and Pro 2K League players. Uh, then fans can also create glow-in-the-dark customized merchandise and check out pop-up live performances throughout the weekend. So interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's at the Indiana Convention Center. Yes. Uh, we, I know we, Friday we were right and Saturday. Next so, to that when we, yeah. uh, when we lived in Indy. Yeah, so... Um, it's uh hopefully it's dope hopefully that being at all-star um brings some more eyes onto it but yeah, i just want to see competitive 2k played yeah. be honest with you just uh, honestly, see the best in the world play it's kind of hard for us to even talk about this because we know so little about it like we we've yeah. been kind of hearing like slow pieces about it like we heard about tyrese halliburton when we were you told it to me i think when we were at upa boston hmm. you're like oh we're gonna have him and it's be like oh that's sick and then it just kind of is like other things have leaked out. Like I heard that we were going to have like influencers there and stuff. Uh, it sounds like I will not be there, unfortunately. Um, but you know, you can't go to every event, uh, just more time to spend with the wife and the dogs. So, uh, I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, again, the, the, the anime <laughs> culture side of this is, is something I'm interested to see because I can't really say that we've ever inter like, you know, overlapped with anime culture before. So I'm interested to see what the team's got up their sleeve, but um, to clarify, because this confused me, and maybe it's just because I'm dumb, and you know this things happen. the The NBA 2K League Showdown will be happening at the NBA 2K League Alley at the NBA All Star Weekend in Indianapolis. So it's yes. like the showdown is a subset of the alley, which is a subset of the All Star Game. I was like yeah, I think by the uh, order. I th I think the showdown is just one day. Yeah. I don't know if it's the Saturday or the Friday uh, when it's happening, but but yeah, I'm I'm hoping it'll be a good time. Yeah, the anime stuff, man. I don't know jack shit about anime. <laughs> I'm gonna be brutally honest with I've you. I've tried I'm to like, get you into it over the years, but I can't never. say. Never. I just started Attack on Titan. I've told you this no. so many times. No, no, it's about no. big I'd people eating little people. Come on, man. There, there, what there will never be any. Want? There will never be anything that gets me into watching oh. to to watch an anime. I, I just can't do it. I put that in the same level as like WWE. I'm not gonna sit there and <laughs> well, watch yeah, fake wrestling. So, but um, but yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be a fun time. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to see what the turnout's gonna end up being like to it and yeah. how many people from the community potentially show up, especially with 
you know, if they're, I know that there's rumored to be some, I think it was like in the press release, NFL players are going to be there too. Obviously some NBA players. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think, uh, I think the website had a list of the people. Yeah. Tyra I know Calvin, that NFL players, 2K league players, and then cash nasty, Troy Dan, Zach TTG and annoying. They're getting the bag. Yeah. We got, um, got some familiar faces. Uh, I don't know. Annoying. I still don't, th- doesn't th- uh, play 2k that much. I think anybody plays 2k that much out of all of them but they're influencers they got good followings let's hope they post some content that's yeah. what i want to see because we have a lot of that they would show up to events and they wouldn't do anything but just make their appearance but neither would i unless it's in a contract for me to go out there, there and go. actually make content well i'm excited to see what exactly they got up their sleeve but again it's hard for us to speak to because we're kind of learning about it along we have been asking questions but they kept this very hush hush while i think they're trying to figure out the the finer details you guys know how these yeah. things uh, can get um other cool things that are happening in the 2k league stratosphere uh the warriors warriors gaming squad got their rings uh they were able to get a cool uh photo sesh with gary payton nba champion uh that was cool got you know saw him with the trophy saw him saw all of them with the the big fancy rings uh mike check now has two rings because he got one with the warriors and with the warriors gaming squad so that's pretty cool um uh, but yeah shout out to the dubs uh question for you while we're talking about them are they the best 5v5 team ever? Have to be. You think so? Like, are they, like, if you put them, how about this? Take them, put them on the season four league build against the Wiz. Who's better? Season four league build, trying to remember. Um, That had the Wiz with JBM, B-Rich, Awkward Dini. I'm just trying to remember how the league build played, because you know how I feel about season three, season four. Yes. Uh, I, I, if uh, like if you're going they both start at the same point of the season like at the very beginning no one's played it and they both meet in the finals i think the warriors okay i think that there could be a little bit more of a potential like glaring mismatch with especially how like the centers played back Mm -hmm. then um so i think that could be a thing but um I, i think like if you gave that five and put them honestly on like any league build that we've had i think it'd be really really scary I would actually be fascinated to see what the season four wizards would look like on the season six league build uh, with kind of like the grittier defense and like the catch and shoot. Like you got B rich mm-hmm. on that team with the catch and shoot JBM would have been disgusting on this league build. Um, I feel like we did miss out on him having like, you know, the better league builds and stuff, but you know, sometimes when you're uh, when you're the goat, you can't always have it. I have to move my mic closer to my mouth. Cause it's been very far away so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Dubs got their rings. Any comments on the Dubs getting their rings? The rings look really cool. Not gonna lie, you guys should look it up. Uh, I always love look uh, seeing ceremonies like that. Uh, I think it's cool that you know when G League teams have like esports night or will bring on like the two K League people for the G League stuff. Um, not a whole lot of eyes on it though. You know how you do get eyes on something? Yeah. Bringing out your damn championship two K League team. I believe it was either halftime or before the game started between the Warriors and the 76ers with Embiid playing. So, you know, automatically people are tuning in. So I think that was uh, really cool to see, uh, being able to catch Gary Payton the second. Uh, well, I think, well, that was before the game, I would guess. Yeah. So it was nice of him to, you know, quickly pop by uh, before they had to go out there and do their thing. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're rings. I don't know if you saw it. They have their faces engraved on the side. Really? Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Um, 
I would have to check who I think Mama had posted something with his ring, and yeah, it had yeah. like a cutout of their face on the on the the outside of it. They got the ceremony during the game too. It's awesome. Hey, look, so you yeah. got you got Josiah, Rustin, Mike, and then the guys. Look at that. Oh, this is great. Honestly, and, it's it's fantastic getting exposure like that. It really is. And then uh, something that we could tune our own horns to. They played a hype video for them in the arena on the giant Ooh. jumbotron. And it was just like a cut up of highlights. And there's like us screaming and going fucking crazy go. uh, over their highlights during their <laughs> finals game and stuff yes. like that. Because I was, I, I saw somebody, um, Mama had reposted a video. And so I'm listening to the audio. I'm like, oh my God, that's my voice. And it cuts to another clip. And I hear you scream, oh, here, JT. <laughs> so I thought that was, uh, that was really cool. But I'm happy for her, man. It's a standout organization. Uh, really been through, so I should say, been actually yeah, they've been through everything in the league like starting from that season one with the way the roster was built how bad that it was and then just being immediately like the flip and turnaround going from season two onwards for them uh very deserving of it and uh, yeah happy for them that on the the biggest stage they were presented their rings too no more they didn't have to they didn't have to wait for their rings no Which i don't think people usually have to wait for their rings anyway i think they get them then yeah. they give them back to the league and then the league does their little ring ceremony but guess what no ring ceremony, Harris, because we're not in person until the playoffs and finals for 3v3. So give them their rings. Honestly, props to the dubs for like having a ceremony like this. Like this is a big game. Like that's a nationally televised game against the Sixers. Like mm -hmm. Embiid, you know, was playing in this game. So like it was just like a lot of eyes were on the game. So I, I just think it's cool. It's cool when the NBA teams like understand like what the league is and like what you can do with the league. And that's something that like doing something like that where you can represent like say, hey, like we had this team, we won the championship, we feel confident we can like show them in front of our, our whole organization in Chase Center during a game. Like that's good exposure. Like that that's that's the stuff we like to see. So shout out to the dubs. Uh and also we'll make them stand out. Yeah. Shout out to Rustin for putting our voices out on Chase Center because obviously that's the most important part about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> selfishly, Hell selfishly. Yeah. Um, uh, second uh, other cool thing that happened today in more interaction with the 2K League stratosphere in the NBA, uh, Ty ESGN, former 2K League player, uh, he swapped jerseys with Kyrie Irving at a uh, Mavs game, which is pretty cool. Sorry to the people who just heard me, uh, my desktop audio through that video. But yeah, it was cool. They dapped up, uh, shared stuff. You just heard the audio again. Uh yeah, oh he signed the audio. Oh, it's great. Look at that. What happened? Uh, just uh, he gave uh Kyrie the jersey to. Oh, autograph okay. And he had the pen out and he was getting ready to do it. Yeah, no, that's dope. I mean, especially because I I know that there. I don't know the exact restrictions of having NBA players involved. I think people saw this deal signed. They're like, wow, we can really go talk to literally anybody that we want. I know that there is some restrictions to it. And the one thing I do like of, I mean, how much of a superstar Kyrie Irving is and, and how good he is as a player during Mavs media day showed up, played 2K with him, was very, very cool about it. Uh, I believe you said Ty's been playing with Kyrie for for quite some time, too. So it's always one of those cool crossovers, a professional athlete meets gamer. Maybe they met online like you, these guys are always running around with their logos. All it took is just maybe playing one game with him. He's like, damn, this guy's good. Whenever I get on now, like we're just going to keep on playing and playing and playing. So Kyrie's always been one of those people to support anything to do with like video games at 2K specifically. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I know that he loves that. So uh, I'm always a fan of those those little crossovers. And of course, Ty's not with the league anymore. No. Um, so he kind of has the freedom to do whatever he wants in that regard, too, which is great. I always thought it'd be. You know, it's funny because we, we've heard the league talk about like how it wants to inter, you know, intersect more with culture and basketball. And, and it's funny because I feel like 
I feel like our players actually do a good job about it. I don't know if they do a good enough job like publicizing it, but like I know a lot of our guys. Maybe, do you know what it is? Maybe it's like once you make that kind of connection, you probably don't want to be that guy who's always like, "Oh, I'm playing with this guy. Let's immediately yeah. make content." Like not all athletes are like that too. Like some guys are pretty like you know keep to themselves. So if you meet somebody and you you meet a pro player and you you start playing with them, not all of them are gonna want to like get all about it and make it a thing. Gaming for a lot of people is kind of their escape from that world. So I can understand it. Not, you know, not really wanting to take things to that angle. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think a lot of them like chalk always used to play with KD. Um, yeah. That was always something I saw. I know Royce O'Neal when he was on the jazz. Um, I think he played with some Utah jazz gaming guys yeah. um, here and there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to immediately jump into a game with a pro and be like, yo, I'm turning my, I'm turning my video on. You want to be in a video? And just start like making content over and over and over. Unless they wanted to do that, then yeah. you know, okay, yeah, I'm 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 going to do that. So, um, but yeah, love it. Um, I think it's cool. It's just cool that we actually get more like interaction. I hope this really happens this year, Dirk. Like we got Tyrese yeah. Halliburton, we had Royce O'Neal. I hope we really like see more and more integration uh, between the two. I agree. Sides. Um, here, question for you. So we have well, we actually have two questions from Colt and Nick, and they wanted us to talk about them on the show. Or do you oh, want to you talk about the league build? Yeah, I put out a little tweet like three hours, oh, like damn three, four it. hours ago. Uh, um, I see. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I forgive you. Um, do you want to talk about the league build or do you want to take their questions? Why not both? Well, we're definitely doing both. I was just asking oh. you about order. Let's, you let's, let's take their questions first. All right, we'll take the questions first. We'll start with Colts. He says, uh, why do some teams stay at the bottom and some stay at the top? Why do some why do some teams stay at the bottom and why do some teams stay at the top? Yeah, uh, because they're organizations that actually give a shit and actually want to invest in the right things to be able to make them rise to the top. Mm -hmm. We had Broad Warriors Gaming Squad first year, which can't really judge teams on their first year, but their first year was awful. Um, there was really no there were some bright spots in terms of the players that they picked. Um, so what that's 2018. And that's when the Warriors, is that the first year the Warriors dynasty started with KD and them? Or is there already a year uh, under their belt? Might have been one year under their belt. Yeah, they had one year under their belt already. Yeah. So, like, obviously it's the Warriors. There's a lot of hype with that. Um, but then what do they do? They started, like, investing a lot more into it, whether that's the coaching, right? They brought in Tommy. Uh, that was like a big shift and change, bringing in a basketball mind like that, but then also being like, okay, we're making sure we get CB 13 and gradient. That's what we're going to end up building the foundation of this of a lot of the organizations that are at the bottom, just, just look at the, the hires that they make or the hires that they don't make. And just keeping one person involved in the mix that brings you little to no results year after year. And it's kind of like the safety net. Yeah. Um, I'm not like a big analytical guy, but I fully believe that having somebody who is like a Josiah on your team does amazing things for you because you, you have to have that perfect combination where you can have your 2K guy who's more of X's and O's. Then you have the guy on the back end who is just focusing straight on analytics and doing a lot of breakdowns that yeah. they can just feed that into. Um, so that's, that's why I think it is. I think it's just there's some organizations that do want to invest and actually want to win. And I think there's some who are just here like, fuck it, we just want to be involved with esports in some yeah. way. Here, like, here you go, do, do whatever you want. I think the funny part about analytics is that if you're like a film guy versus an analytics guy, a lot of the stuff that you see in analytics will come out on film. Like if, mm. if, if you have the if you have the numbers and you're like, oh, this guy likes to shoot from this side of the court and this is what he shoots when he goes that way. And then you watch the film and you like see that confirmation, like it's just about having the availability to data. And I think what you said also 
it's not even about caring as much because there's a lot of teams in the league that care but are bad. It's about caring about the right things. Um, I yeah. feel like a lot of teams care. They, they they put their efforts into the wrong things. They convince themselves of things that aren't true to like almost satiate their own decision making. Like it's kind of like an endless circle. Like you draft a player, you don't want to give up on them because you don't want to be wrong. And then because you don't want to be wrong, the player gets brought back and you're not good because of it. Like there, there are just a lot of teams who get in their own way. And I feel like the warriors do a really good job of never doing that. They just kind of let people be them and kind of let them do their thing under mm -hmm. the guise of, Oh, you know, like just, you could be yourself under the guise of like responsibility. I feel like Jeff does a good job of that too with 76ers GC. I feel like there are plenty of teams that create a good culture and foundation and allow their players to, you know, be themselves and exist inside of that while also just kind of like, you know, putting on a good brand for the league. But also, hey, there, there are some teams that are good a lot and have won a lot in this league that we might not say, oh, they have the 100% best culture. Like the Hornets have won two of the biggest tournaments that the league has ever had during two of the most competitive seasons we've ever had. And everybody still questions their culture, but they still win. Like, you know, they, there's, there's no perfect formula, I think, at the end of the day. But yeah, at the end of the day, Derek, you know what you need? Someone need, who gives a damn. You need great players. If you That's don't it. have great players, you're not doing anything. And the best teams, the, the, the best part about this league is that, you know, we always talk about who the best coach is in this league or whatever. The best coaches are the ones with the best players. And I, and I, I mean that I, I'm adamant about that. There is no coach in this league who's sitting around that's like outstanding, but their players are, are you know, if their players are bad, there's not really much you can do as a coach. You got to have good players. That's my thoughts exactly for yeah. video games and real sports. Gotta sometimes. have good players. Yeah, you need you need blue chippers. You need stars. You need at least one like huge star. They're the bailouts. The coaches are always used as the bailouts for everything in sports. Yeah. Uh, and second question. Uh, this one's a little bit more depressing, but I feel like you and I need to have a cathartic conversation about this. Uh, Nick asks, "What's your thoughts on the CDL, and does that make you fear for esports?" Mm. We can have a cathartic conversation about this. Um, it made me sad because I feel like out of every single tweet that I was seeing yesterday coming from Blizzard, I knew so many of the people that were let go. Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. X, Matt Morello, uh, worked with him when I did like the Call of Duty Pro League stuff back in Advanced Warfare. It was one of the judges on the cast off competitions that kind of got me my start into doing everything. Uh, seeing Zoe from Overwatch League 2 has been a phenomenal talent ever since she jumped in. The CDL observers, man. Like, my my boy Paradox, That that's, that's like, that's my guy since 2014. We both Jeez. started commentating together. Uh, we did, I think I did his, his first ever broadcast I did with him uh, back in Call of Duty. And we have always been really close. Like, he always loved 2K. There's a, literally a video of us at uh, MLG New Orleans uh, playing 2K in a hotel room. And like him just talking, like we had like 20 people packed in his hotel room watching us play yeah. and me just beating the living shit out of him uh, with the Pelicans and he was using the T-Wolves. So I always, I tried to get him involved with the league at one point too, uh, way, 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 way back in the early stages of everything. It's just weird, man. Like yeah. I, I'm not a corporate guy. I'm not a businessman, uh, but this is really making me hate business people seeing <laughs> everything that's like going on because for one, like the the CDL, I, I love it. Um, I know Daniel works over there and everything. My my biggest thing with the CDL is that as soon as they started franchising and changing kind of the entire model of the way that the CWL was ran, it 
it plummeted into the ground. And again, yeah. I, I, I will always blame this. And for good reason, I will always blame COVID for the reason that we are in this position right now in yeah. terms of just from an economic standpoint, but also the, the, the feel of esports and what made esports so great was in-person competition. What COVID did was make people realize, and again, this goes all the way up to the front office corporate level. Oh my fucking God, we can just run these events online and save so much damn money. So what are we going to do? do? Let's that. just run everything online and sprinkle in some tournaments here and there. I think that is from for the ecosystem of what builds popularity and makes esports fun to watch is the, the worst way to go about it. You can't just have everything, you know, from showing people the best moments in that esport all came when they were in person. And they yeah. did have online leagues, right? Back in the CWL, things were online, but you had a, a lot of LAN events yeah. to go to. Of it course. was like, I think for me, I was going to like five open events per game cycle. Yeah. And they were spaced out like maybe a couple of weeks, right? Like once, once every like two months, maybe yeah. a little less than that. Yeah. Um, but like there was just always weeks. It was always like yeah. a major or minor. And there was maybe some that were closer together too. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there would actually be six events if you include caught champs towards the end of it. Um, now does it make me fear? No, because I feel like this is one of these things. Like you make all these cuts, you start to get your budget back intact and then maybe you can start to do these things. So I just think the most, it, it, it's disheartening. And it's kind of fucked up is that they're letting, they let go of all these people. And you want to bet that how many of them they're going to try to bring back as contractors? Yeah. I mean, a bunch of them. Ironic, and with their pay yeah. completely slashed yeah. and completely dismantled, especially for the observers. Like, I don't know about the, a lot of the other people who are maybe working in like the league operations. I know for a fact that observer team, they're, they yeah, cut all them sure. off and they're going to bring it back as contractors. And there's going to be some who are going to be left out or somewhere like that, yeah, you have to shoulder the load of this. And that CD, the CDL observer team is amazing. Like if you ever watch a CDL event, there's the so camera many games, angles that they like, get, the, like, the communication they listen that they, they always like save their videos of the yeah. communication that they have, like leading up to things. So uh, it was very sad. I think that just esports right now in its state, it is a little scary, uh, be brutally honest, because every, single esport is being affected by this so you can only hope that maybe this is just a this year thing and you transition into next year maybe things are different maybe people are taking over in other esports and and maybe things will go back to what really made esports great but i wouldn't say to try to remain optimistic not not too scary i think esports is going to be rebuilt in a different way i think it kind of needs to go back to its grassroots origin and i also honestly Derek, you and i have talked about this on this podcast before i think it's going to get rebuilt from the collegiate level upwards and i think once once collegiate esports really gets settled and by the way there is such a massive demand for for esports programs now because esports at the high school pro uh, at the high school level is also starting to absolutely blow up so I think the cool part about esports is that yeah, we might we might miss a generation of gamers here in terms of yeah. like we you know the, the guys who are currently 1920 like it it does suck to say we we might just miss them. But I'm telling you this next group of high school and college kids who are going to come out and rebuild esports from the ground up, they're going to do it right. And I'm I'm very excited to see how this goes. So if you're a college kid out there and you listen to this podcast, try to start an esports club. Try to start a a, a broadcast club, whatever you want to do, like, you know, I think esports is going to get rebuilt, but in a more positive way. And I think that is for the better because it was getting honestly, Derek, we, we can be honest about this. It was getting too greedy. It was getting really, really greedy. It was trying to cut corners. It was trying to find the most efficient way to do things. And, and just it's not that kind of industry. It's an industry that is all about pomp 
and stardom and making things bigger than they're supposed to. We're playing video games, right? Like you, you have to, you have to blow it up. You have to make it bigger in order to give it that kind of huge feel. And I, you know, I just the the do you know what the last the last true esports event was to me, Dirk? It was what? the Fortnite World Cup. Uh, that that Buga one. That was the last one where it truly had that true sense of size and scale that we've come to know and love about esports. Everything since then has felt uh, cut back, and that's just not that's not how we do things in this industry. So if the way to get back to where we need to be is to reset and find the right way back, I I, I say it's for the best. But esports is not dying; it's just going to change. And the people that want to be a part of the change of this industry, they'll be the ones who end up sticking around. And those are the ones that you want anyway. So, hey, good good, good luck. God bless all the people who got laid off the past couple of weeks too, man. It is it is not fun. It's not easy for anybody to watch. These are friends, man. It sucks. This, it, it might, really be, this might be the, the darkest stage that esports has ever been in um, that I can think of. From a like, corporate perspective, yes. I think just from a corporate perspective, though, because the demand has never been higher. The demand for high-quality competitive gaming has never, ever been higher. Yeah. The audiences are hungry for it. I just think the way that we've been distributing esports to people has been wrong. Like, we're just... It, like, it's not even we're just we're not trying to do enough. We're trying to do the, the the what we can to get by. And I just don't think that's what esports is about. Like esports needs to everybody's like, "Oh, it doesn't need to be like the NFL." It does. Think about how big the NFL makes everything that it does feel, right? How big the Super Bowl feels. You know, we 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 got a lot of people in this world that love competitive gaming. It'll be back. Plus there's there's a real international scene out there that uh, I think people also forget about that is still absolutely huge. Esports just needs to be, depending on the esport, we're we're in a unique position. That's like the thing. It's American us, esports, right? American yeah, esports like, are struggling. Well, like throw like us in a sports category, right? So like you're talking EAFC, you're talking Madden, NHL, and then us. Yeah, uh, we're the only one that runs things. The five v five stuff. Everything else is just based off of Ultimate Team. Yeah. So our structure is obviously going to be crazy different from everywhere else because more than likely if they're running things you know there's there's it depends who's running it because the nhl the nhl games actually run it so it's it's ea right ea is also running all the tournaments for eafc um and then mad is the same thing we're in a unique position where the nba is running things so of course we're going to have like a corporate front office who is very nba based and let's follow this basketball model sure where for other esports the corporate, I remember when the corporate people came in the first ever time with Optic Gaming and ran that organization to the ground. Yeah. And Hex was like in this awful position uh, because uh, one of their other, the co founders like sold out heavy to these guys. Finally, X, Hex was able to get like the Optic branding back. Right. Corporate people in those type of esports is the worst thing known to man. Yeah. It needs to be people who just one, have a genuine passion for the industry. So, like all those old school MOG guys. Like I said it yesterday in a tweet. Uh, Adam Apicella, Kevin, and Andrew Drake mm -hmm. are the three goats that really made Call of Duty specifically what it was when it started to build up with the CWL. Sure. Those are all people I worked with directly. They were phenomenal. Need more people like that running those esports. Sure. I, I think like it's just it's it's a different level of passion. There it's proven that they can make a, a killing and, and as you said, make these events feel massive. Go yeah. back to the grassroots. I remember the the way way back the old school MLG events that would have like StarCraft in one area, Halo in another area, and then Call of Duty in one. You have three events going on simultaneously in this yeah. giant place. 
I don't, I cannot remember the last time that's even ever been a thing. There, there has not been any crossovers like that anymore. Yeah. Well, I think the future of esports is is in the youth, as it always has been and always will be. The the competitive gaming walls always be in the hands of the younger generation. So, as it continues to get bigger and it continues to change, we'll we'll still be here, Dirk, being old heads. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, thirty we'll this year. So I'll be that. I'll be that guy. Started that out guy. when I was so young, and now yeah. I'm just this old prune. Well, let's bring things back to the 2K League. Uh, as a couple people may know, we can break this live on air. Uh, our 2K League players are currently with 2K, uh, helping test out the league build. A lot of players out there. I don't think we have the full list. Um, there. Uh, let me I, see if I can find it. Probably find it. Obviously, the big player, the big time guys are there. A lot of familiar names. Um, once you find that list, I'm going to ask you a big question. This will be our, our big discussion for uh, for the league build. And then we can go over the rosters. Um, so it's Ant and Dre, Johnny and Kai, Crush and Awkward, Jay Snags and DT, and Dave Fry and Dimes. I mean, that's just a fantastic kind of group. I think yeah. Kai has been there for every single league build testing that we've ever had. He always has a build that like he, he seems like he specifically yeah. like builds out and like picks too. So yeah, yeah I think... Um, Got faith in those guys. I, 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 you know, we needed a dribble head out there doing hey, this thing. We well, needed somebody say, like Dre. If we got Dave Fry and Dimes out there, it's popper time, baby. Popper's We're getting a real popper. popper. We're getting a real popper. Um, if there, so let, let's do this when it comes to league build. Give me three things that you want to see in this year's league build that are an absolute must have. It can be really 2K specific, it can be kind of broad in general, but give me three things that you demand the 2K League build has to have this year. Mm, I want number one, clear cut. I want live box score feeds and live like <laughs> stats yes. through through the game. Like we used to have back in the first two seasons. Sure. Like, I don't think pe people might not realize this for anybody that like, maybe just clicks into the pod and listens for the first like 10 minutes. If you've made it here, we commentate with no box scores. We commentate with zero well, live stats unless well, the website. We, we have the website. Just the website is about 30 to 45 seconds behind. So it's hard for us to know when we're right and when we're wrong. And sometimes even worse than that. Sometimes it just doesn't update at all. And if the yeah. game crashes, then you just lost everything. Um, so that's, that's, that's number one. Number two, I would like to see the ability to, you know, throw in different camera angles, like in terms of like having like a free cam. Sure. Get some like different cinematic shots. Um, if I had to replace number two, because that's not really anything crazy, I would I would love to see just raw mashing back into the game. Raw mashing, uh, okay. Like I, I I we have yet to have a league build after season one that has like a mashing game like that to where like that was the biggest skill gap that we've ever seen. Honestly, out of like any position, any gameplay that you've seen is those centers just going one on one with each other. Cause like if you play good defense, or sometimes you'll get postered, which you know that happens, but like a majority of the time, if you were playing really good defense, they were not scoring that ball. So I would really like to see that. And then uh, I would say number three. Mm, uh, actually, no, we don't have a six man. I was going to say the ability to sub people during <laughs> the game. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, That's an old one. That's like a season three uh, request yeah. right there. Um. And then, I, I mean, I, I think we had it. You know, we had it last year. We had the, the what do you call it, the situation mode yeah. when the game would crash out and we That's could fine. do that. So I'll just, I'll just go with those. Maybe you're going to say something. I'll get me like, ah, damn, that's what I meant to say. But I, I think those are good ones. Okay. Okay. 
my three would be uh number one i'll do i'll do a gameplay one first uh number one i demand a great point guard build a great one like one that might be a little bit op we're not gonna get it but i i demand a good guard build i i think the way that the league has or the league build has moved away from point guards in the past couple years i don't really like and I know that like you were going to say, oh, well, all the MVP candidates are going to be point guards anyway. Yeah, that's because it's yeah. the most important position. I think it should get at least one, if not two, bills that are legitimately like, wow. We need people to watch. I want people to watch and understand how good our players are. And I still feel like the best talent in the league is that point guard. And I think it's a shame that it's so difficult for point guards to show how good they are because of how much they've gotten neutered over the past couple of seasons. I don't like it. Um, I, I think... I. It, there are great point guards in this league, but they have not been helped with the build in the way that other positions have. Like, I think lockdown the last two positions, Dirk, our league build and those uh, lock builds that we have have made a lot of bad locks look real good. And I don't think the point guard build does any favors to our point guard. So I would like some favors to be handed back out to the PGs this year. Uh, number two... Oh, what's number two? Um, as my dog barks away, um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Number two thing that I want to see in the league build this year, I'm going to agree with you. I want situation mode just to be able to jump back into a game after we get out of it. Like it would just be easier for stats. It'd be easier for us to know what's going on. When are we getting back in? Uh, I like that. And then also this year, um, it, it's never going to happen. I would love it if our players could could have a little bit more customization with their names. Um, I know that like a lot of it is hidden behind like IP and a lot of it's like a lot of legal stuff. But I think it's crazy that our guys can't choose uh, like some gamer tag that comes close to it. Like they can't even pick out some funky letter spelling like they, they, they can't do anything. Where, why was boot? Why does boot have to change his name? I, that's the thing. Like what? What are we like? Why you can't make it like B zero zero T like just to get around it like we can't call him boot like I don't know it, like so much of it seems shenanigans to me and I've never liked it so my like we're still gonna call him that on broadcast that's the crazy part about it like this isn't gonna stop us from calling him that so that's what I don't I, know. that's a, so whenever a name like that pops up and I'm like there's no NBA player with a nickname boot or like a famous person with that NNA boot. I was going to urban dictionary. <laughs> That's my first thing. So let's look up. What could boot potentially mean? I, I, first I, one, <laughs> a military term for somebody who was just coming right out of boot camp. Okay. Okay. Nothing, nothing okay too crazy. That's fine. That's good. Yep. We move into the second highest raid definition. Uh Oh, boot uh -oh. to vomit. Okay. That's okay. That's still boot. not bad. Okay. We're still okay. This is getting a little scary. Um, Next one. Uh-oh. A person who purchases alcohol or other adult items from minors. Short <laughs> for bootleg. <laughs> so those are the ones. I think that third one, maybe. Um, I don't know how deep they go with this stuff, but you know what? Uh, apparently that one was submitted to Urban Dictionary by Brock William Franklin Clifton Friend. April 18th, 2004. You know what? I'm going to rescind my comment. Maybe it's for the best that we don't give guys complete control over their gamer tags. Uh, I'll have a third rear one here. I'll do uh, I'll do another uh, 2K one. I want the 3v3 builds to be a little bit better. 
I want the 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 speed of yeah. the game in threes to be yeah. fast. I want it to be. I want it to be even faster. Like I thought it's. I, I want the temp. I want it to be more up tempo this year. Like I want it. I want it to go go go. I want the speed to be there. I want like I, I just want more speed out of three v three this year. I think that would yeah. be my my demand. I like those. Yeah, those are some good ones. The league build is gonna be fun this Still year. I, I have faith. <sighs> I have faith. Okay. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. So for our big segment for the day, because we've been scratching our heads trying to figure out what exactly we want to do uh, on the pod this week, because it's you know it's the quiet time of year. You know, we're just kind of waiting to see you know what the league is going to be like. Starting to hear rumors about the league build. So we're gonna predict the three v three rosters today, and we're gonna talk about them and kind of see which ones are our favorites, which ones do we not like. Uh, which ones do we disagree on in terms of who's going to play? Uh, that's also going to be fun. Uh, so without further ado, do you want to do alphabetical order? Do you want to do reverse alphabetical order? Uh, let's just do alphabetical because that's the draft Bible thing I have up for okay. the season seven rosters. So we can just go from top to bottom. All right, we'll go top to bottom. Then we start with the Sixers. And ironically, a very interesting roster to talk about who their 3v3 roster is going to be. Uh, they got Dre, Jaden, Gradient, DT, and DJ. Who do you think will be their week one starting lineup in threes? Um, I'm going to go with Dre, Gradient, and DT, but uh, for some reason I feel like they're going to put DJ. Wow. We have completely different teams. Really? After considering it, I am going to go with Jaden, DT, and DJ. Wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> 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 no I mean, crossover at all <laughs> i mean i i just i remember like last year just watching tj play every single game and i'm like mm. man i thought they looked so good like when dt was out there playing yeah. threes was it the year prior um so i mean i just think trey threes is kind of his mo he should be the guy playing it but i can see why you put jade in there because of how good that he uh was last year with it but um yeah like I think that would just be like the, the logical thing to put those guys out there, but I could definitely see with somebody potentially grading and DT both being like, mm, I don't really want to play threes. I then could put, also put see, else. I could also see a Dre Jaden DJ combo uh, in there as well. They have a lot of different lineups that they could actually run with yeah. this team. Um, and you have five guys who are all willing and capable to play a lot of spots. The, the Dre versus Jaden conversation is, is one that probably should be had. Are we sure Dre is better than Jaden at threes? Like, are we sure? Are we 100% sure? I mean, if it gets off to, like, know. the start, like, last year. But, like, logically speaking, Dre should be infinitely better than Jaden at three. Well, infinitely, but... I don't know. That's a little crazy. <laughs> Jaden was pretty good right. last year. He got them to the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. If it's, like, Dre, like, years or sorry, prior, Jaden. Yeah, Dre should be able to. But, yeah, I don't know. It depends what Dre we're going to get to kick off uh, season seven. Okay. All right, let's go to Blazer 5. Uh, Claude, Fias, Ubots, Chaos, May. Uh, I'm gonna guess Claude, Ubots, Chaos. I I am shocked that they drafted Fias without any intention of playing him in threes, but it's kind of it kind of has to be Claude. It kind of has to be Chaos, and Ubots has played more threes than probably anybody else, or more True. than Fias and May. So I'm probably just gonna side with bots just to know how to play the game mode. So yeah, I'll go Claude Bots Chaos. Um I'll go let's see. If I'm B5, what I did last year, will I replicate it and not learn my lesson? <laughs> what, what you bots, that supposed to mean? You bots fires and chaos is my Oh no Claude? I think they'll probably do the same thing as last year, where they'll 
They, they threw Harvey in. Interesting. Then what, like the last month of threes? Wow. But could you imagine them not like, cause could you imagine like everything that they've done this off season? Like they moved everybody else. They didn't trade Claude just to not play him in threes. Should be playing. Actually, threes. I can. I can imagine that. Exactly. That, that's yeah, a, that's that's exactly why I was possible. Because like I don't. Wow. I, I still think that Fies is going to be the lock for this team. So I feel like for threes, like there's no point. Like Ubots plays the mode a lot at guard. We don't yeah. see what the benefit of really having him out there as a lockdown would potentially be. So like, why not just have him on like the back end if he wants to get involved with like coaching or sure. you know just being around the team for it. So yeah, if I wasn't going with that, I was going to probably say Claude Fies and Chaos. Claude fires and cast. Okay. I feel like not having Claude in there might be harmful to the locker room of that team. Cause you need, mm-hmm. if you're going to do anything this year, you need to have Claude locked in. Like if he's, if he's not engaged, if he's not caring, if he's not playing, I don't know how you're going to keep him engaged with this season. It's, it's scoring boot camp. It's how you learn the yeah. league build. 100%. It's how you're going to learn to score one on one situations and get off to a hot start. And I'm telling you, if for any guard that you saw play like terribly, um, in fives that didn't even touch threes. Yeah. I think if they did play threes, I think you look at a different story. Obviously it's, it's kind of different. There's some guards yeah. who did play threes and just maybe weren't good even going into fives. But I think for the face of your organization, being that main guy at point guard, if you were not the starter on night one, uh, there's a lot of conversations to be had in Portland, which is already a lot of conversations to have already. Already. Uh, let's get to bucks gaming CP, Johnny red, Dossix retro and dimes. This one's tough. I'll let you go first. Dimes is gonna Dimes is gonna play. That was the whole <laughs> he, thing with the Kings. He's gonna like, he's gonna literally claw his way onto the court. He, he, he's playing threes. Um, okay. If that whole if that whole rumor, what well, like when he was on the Kings, the whole reason yeah. they got off to that off to a bad start is because yeah. he like, he wanted to play threes and didn't. So for the sake of that, I'm gonna put Dimes okay. uh, playing power forward. Now this one is tough. I love Dawsix as a lock, so I want Dawsix out there. So I'm gonna go. Gotta I'm gonna go Dawsix and Dimes, or give me Johnny Red at guard. I'm really? So, I know. I, I, so like, interesting. I, I think CP will still be interesting. the guy. Interesting. I think CP will still be the guy to play it because, like, when I remember remember his start last year in threes was insane. Mm. But then, like, once people realize, like, oh damn, we just got to learn how to cover a rim run, it completely like, it went down. I think with Johnny Red, I know he played power forward like all last year, but I think that with seeing how good some of these shooting guards could be in this mode with certain yeah. builds, I think that's something that they could replicate. So I'm going to go with Johnny Red, but do I do still think it'll probably be like a CP, Dawsix, and Dimes combo. Yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. Dimes is going to have to catch some bets for me. I'm going CP, Dawsix, Johnny Red. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 no offense to dimes because dimes is an extremely good player but like dude they're gonna get into 3v3 boot camp and they're gonna watch johnny red coming off of like an unbelievable offseason i don't I, there's no world in which johnny red cannot play every single game for this bucks team right now i know the people that play that 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 play for the bucks and that work for the bucks listen to this podcast so i'm gonna say this as kindly as i can if johnny red does not play every single game this year for you guys i will complain because he's the he might be the number one, the number two best player on planet Earth right now. He should not be catching bench in any game mode. Threes, fives, ones, twos. I don't care. He has to be out there. So if you if you want it to be Johnny Dawson's dimes, that's fine. My problem is is that 
while he is one of the best players in the world, I don't know if Johnny's dribble style and the way that he like gets open is really best to be like the number one option in threes. I love him as a power forward because he has great defensive instincts and he's a lights out shooter. But CP just knows how to dribble in threes. And I feel like that's so huge. I'm, I'm going to go CP Dossix, Johnny. And I think that Bucks no. team is going to win a tournament with that lineup. They should have won a tournament last year with, with Cooks, Dossix, Johnny. But as Cooks told me multiple times, they sold the bag. They definitely sold the bag. They were the best threes team for most of last year and totally sold. Um, so I, 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 I think CP comes in for Cooks and they keep the rest. Sorry, Dimes. Yeah, we, we... I don't, are we going to have an agreement on Sorry, one guys. roster this entire time? So the more I'm looking down this list, I'm like, damn, it's I tough. think we're going to I think, we'll have I think there's ones. a bunch that we'll agree on. I think there's a bunch. You'll okay. see. You'll see. All right. Uh, let's get to the Cavs. Antoine Killy, Shift A, DJ Two Cold Slaughter. Uh, Killy, TB, DJ. Okay. Yeah, all right. See, we, we immediately agreed. There we go. There we <laughs> I, go. I think they're... Word to Antoine to play lock, I think, would definitely be something that is possible. Like, if Shipde doesn't want to play threes, whatever. He doesn't have to play threes. And if he doesn't want to play threes, lucky for you, you have Antoine, who's one of the best, like, non-point guard other position players in the league. Yeah. So, um, I, would have, I, would be, I would not be upset to see Antoine on another position because he's still awesome. Uh, Celtics, we might also agree on this one. Leche 630, Tezo Crizzy Colt. I got Leche Tezo Crizzy. Yeah. Same here. I All think right, so back can, to back. You can try 630 if you want to, but, like, if this Celtics team is going to go anywhere, they need Leche. Not to be the guy, because 630 is probably going to be the guy. I mean, he's MVP yeah. candidate every single year. But, like, they need Leche to be big time. They need that man to be, like, top of the line. There's He's not going to get that by sitting bench for threes. Yeah. Dukes Infinitos. Ryan 101, Gazuli, Warnox, Anias, and Scorio. <laughs> this one's tough. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Hmm, bro, because this goes if I do the if I do what I want, it goes against everything I say about keeping. Remember the player. narratives. Remember your narratives, Dirk. Stick to those narratives. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna stick with it because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that. Your point guards have to play. I'm going to go Ryan. Okay. Um, have to go Warnox. Got it. Um, and then I, I think I, I think I'd prefer Anias over Scorio in okay. threes. So okay. I'll, I'll go uh, I'll go Ryan Warnox and Anias. We have the same uh, lineup. I have I, I think Scorio is an option too. If Warnox doesn't have the visa issue picked out, I have Gallo Scorio at lock, and then Anias coming in. They might oh, good do news, Gazzoli, by the way. I don't know. Uh, Milo is, uh, I believe, Thumbs on up. his way to the all the way. He's in the U.S. already, or nice. he's on his way. Well, they've been working on um, that for months, so I'm yeah. happy they got it done. He's he's a step ahead of uh, everybody's game, and nice. I know that when I talked when I was filming some content with um with uh, Pistons, what's it, right? with Mona, yeah, he was. I asked him, I was like, "So, do you know what's going on?" He goes, "Duck, I haven't heard anything," and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, damn. All right. Nah, well, mate. let's hope we get here between like the first week or something. Listen, uh, I'll but, go for it. Sorry. Continue. No, I was just having to have that uh, Milo is like, it's a good sign that he's got his out of the way, at least. I know it's been a few months, so yeah. uh, it's good to see he's finally here. I was going to say my uh, exposure to the Australian people has greatly increased this year because uh, Tottenham's new manager and uh, Ange Postacoglu is Australian. And I love his press conferences. Uh, so, yeah, very familiar now with the Australians. <laughs> <laughs> Mate. 
Uh, all right, let's go to uh, Gen G. Gallo, Reese the God, Law, Rich, Jolo, Boot. I feel like this one's actually pretty easy. Uh, I yeah. got Gallo, Law, Jolo. Yeah. And what will likely Agreed. be one of the most fun teams to watch this year, but Gallo, all eyes on you, buddy. I mean, come on. Like, we we got to we gotta show a little bit of heart in threes this year. Um, all eyes on you. There, there's an, Look, I'm just, there's an MVP candidacy pathway for Gallo this year, but it starts with threes. I told this to Antoine Love when we were on stream. I was like, buddy, if you don't play threes this year, you're not getting my MVP vote. I extend that to every single other guard with MVP aspirations this year. If you're not playing threes, you're not getting on my MVP ballot. It's just, I, I, I got to have some standards. Welcome to our version of the 65 game rule in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have to play both game modes. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, on to the Grizz. Uh, another easy one. It's funny. You're like, we're never going to match up, and we're going to go four yeah, for four. Yeah, like I was, I was looking <laughs> at some of them, and I'm like, oh, damn, it's going to be tough. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. Vandy, yeah. Icy, Odon. Yeah, I don't even think we have to. Grizz Gaming's got a lot of quotes out of us already <laughs> out of the prediction of this team. But, yeah, again, excited to, to watch this group. Be smart. If you're watching and you're listening to this, mm. clip this and post it. That's all I was going to say. Oh, okay. I was, you just drop a little. We'll see, we'll see if we get a DM or something. Yep. Uh, let's go to Hawks Talon. Duck, MDS, Goat, Bait, and Glow. Uh, I got MDS, Goat, and Bait. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to not match up here eventually. The numbers, the numbers say we're wrong. Uh, heat Check Gaming. Tay, Kai, Maddie, Dietrich, Saucets. That's kind of hard to say. Uh, Kai, Maddie, Dietrich is what I have. Two, three, four. Oh my god. <laughs> um, very excited to see Kai in threes this year. By the way, uh, also excited to see Dude. Maddie and Dietrich this year. This is gonna be a really fun team. Kai was. I, I still tell you this. My rookie of the year race, while everybody was like looking at it and like, oh, it should go here, it should go here. I was Kai's number one fan. You loved like, Kai. Individual skill wise. Well, you love calling his threes. games because he would hit all those crazy shots. Crazy. Yeah. He was like skill wise, easily like mechanics of a point guard offensively yeah. was the best. And I don't think it was even close. You know what? Like, like I said with MVP, like you have to play threes. If you want to be an MVP in Dirk's size, you got to like raise his octave level. Like you got to do shit that makes him hit like the Ooh! stuff. Like you really got to get him up there. <laughs> change the <laughs> that only like halfway came through, but like it came. It yeah, came I don't know. Enough. Came through enough. It's not picking up my high pitch. Mm, dirty. Uh, let's get the Hornets Venom. Uh, Mooch, Trey Dallas, Fluke Lock, Big Saint, and Crown. Uh, again, two through five. I got Trey Fluke and Saint. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> onto the Jazz. Uh, Fiend, Justin, Kaze, Miami, Rhea. Two, three, four. <laughs> two, three, four. Uh, Justin, Kaze, Miami. I can't believe they're not playing Rhea, bro. I can't believe that we are in a universe where Rhea is not going to play every single game in a 2K League season. Depressing. It makes player. me sad. Your best player. It's so funny because Dirk was or not Dirk, you're Dirk. Champ was talking to us today in Discord about like the top ten players of all time, and he was like listing off like the things that you had to have in order to like be one of the best players ever. Rhea is nowhere near the accolades of any of the other guys in the league, but mm -hmm. I feel like you can't make a top ten list without him on it. No, he's just individual skill wise, he's too damn good. Uh, all right, on to Kings. We might actually have a conversation about this one. Fat score break carry kick. Who you got? Uh score break kick. Ah. 
right on again. Interested to see what Bray and Kick play, though. Like, what they play position. Like, will Bray be on the four? Kick will be on the three? Like, will it be swapped? Because Kick is a good center. I I'm not sure about Kick's ability as a power forward, but I'm sure it can't be too uh, outlandish. That that might be uh, this might be my biggest mystery going into the season. Yeah, like Bray is just such a quiet guy. I never know what Bray's doing. The only conversation I ever had with Bray was when the season was over and we're just chopping it up down in the hotel in DC. But like, I don't know, man. It's been so long since I feel like I've seen him play like a competitive game. So I'm really curious. Is it like going to be a lock thing? Is it, is that what he wants to do in threes? Is he going to switch over to power forward in I'm, threes? Like what, how is it going to change? I have Bray as like a dark horse MIP candidate this year. And I, and I want, I want that to be booked right now on this podcast. Just like when guys struggle in the league, like he did, I, I want to see a different mentality coming out of them in the next off season. Mm -hmm. Bray has played a lot. Maybe not loudly, maybe not like the big events. He has been on this game grinding a lot at lock for what it's worth. I, I'm very interested to see what Bray we get this year. Because honestly, a, a good Bray, if Bray is one of the best locks in the league, the Kings could really get elevated in both game modes and be like one of the best teams on both sides. So I'm interested to see what he brings to the table. I, I have Bray in my, my MIP scope. Uh, all right. Knicks gaming. Radiant Malik. Stick feast sick. It's kind of hard to say. Uh, I'm going to go Malik stick feast. I don't think Jerry wants anything to do with this game mode. I think they're going to run the same thing as last year. Really? I, I, I don't necessarily. I mean, I, feast is not a fan of threes. Sick is not a fan of threes. I, I mean, if Malik wasn't on his team, like I, I wish radiant had the keys to run things. Um, really? You think he's still, he is, you think he can still jig like that? Yes, that a million percent. Okay. Um, like that's just he, he's always going to be able to, um, and I think for threes is where it would really, really, really shine for him. Uh, but I think that's a tough part, right? You have Malik, who's kind of proven and showing you how good that he can be at the mode. Maybe they switch things up and try something new. I don't know, but I, I, I still think it's probably going to end up being Malik stick and then rating at the four again. And I don't, I don't think the. Feast or sick want to want to have anything to do with threes. Radiant is one of the great mysteries. You said Bray. Radiant's my big mystery for this year because I thought last year was a down year and they still did really good. They still were in you know one game away from the comp from the from the finals. They were still you know doing well in threes that they could just get back get past the goddamn Glow Navy Glosquitos. Uh, couldn't beat them, Dirk. They just simply could not beat Lie and Rel and Fluke. They just they they were deemed uh, totally incapable. If Radiant is like back to maybe not even like a hundred percent what we used to saw from from him, but like ninety percent of what we used to saw from Radiant, they should probably win the East, and they're probably going to make it to the Final Four in threes if that happens. But we'll see. He's kind of championship or bust. It is championship or bust. Sorry, Malik. <laughs> uh, let's go Lakers. Dynasty Kai crazy green too nice and Yo VC. What you got? Ooh, definitely Kai. No, how no. Dare again, you. that goes against you. everything. Goes against everything I, I I stand for the point guard position. Uh, but it's Kai. Uh, Kai, Kai have to catch some bench, baby. The thirty fourth overall pick dynasty is here. Okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> let me go, Kai crazy. Well, and then this one, I really don't know. I I, I, I think it'll be green too nice again. Um, they, they, they love giving that man games. 
They love it. They love giving Gruden. Yeah, he was the nice one who games. played every single game for them last year, right? He didn't I'm, miss a single one. Not a single game. I'm telling you, Dirk, because he's he played every single like almost every single game for them in season five. He played a lot of. Uh, he played a. Did he play threes for them in season five? No, because they had tactic and they had crazy. Um, I'm just saying, Green Too Nice when he retires is going to be one of those guys when you're looking through his 2K League like history book and you're going to be like, wait, he played. He played almost 200 2K League games with Lakers Gaming. Like, it's going to be shocking how many games he has actually played in his career. Not that he's bad, but he's just, like, not well, – he's not a star by any means. Like, he's just, yeah. like, a quality 2K player. Um, but just, you know, he's he's kind of stuck around for uh, a long time. I like UOVC, though. Uh, I think I think they might play Hez uh, in threes just because he's so damn good. And they need to get him going. Like, they, they really need to get him back I, I, to form. Actually, you know what? Just just for the sake of changing things, if we're great on everything, let me go Kai, uh, VC at lock, and crazy at the big. Okay. I could see that. I let's could get, see let's that. get, shake it let's up. Let's get, bit. uh, let's get guns back to his lockdown position. Okay. I could see that. They'll definitely try that. I'm sure they'll try that, uh, in, in scrims. Yeah. Uh, Magic Gaming. This one's easy. Uh, unguardable return of DJ, Snubby, J. Bull, and Godlike. I got a guardable J. Bull and Godlike. Easy. That team is going to be absolutely stupendous. I can't wait to watch them play. I really can't. Uh, that's that. That's that's going to be really fun. Godlike is is so good. J. Bullen is going to be a really fun rookie to watch. The, the cool thing about J. Bullen this year with Magic Gaming is that because they're going to be so good, we're going to get to see a lot of him. We're going to be watching yeah. a lot of J. Bullen on the main broadcast. So uh, very excited to see that. It's not often we get to like really promote highly drafted wing players like that. Most of the time it's the guards, but J. Bullen is going to be way up there uh, screen time wise. Any and comments on Orlando? To, I think they're going to be insane. Yeah. Um, I think like... I, I get so excited watching on guard just because of how good that he was last year. Like I know that the first year he was in the league, he was good, but that, that jump that he took was something like, you don't, you don't see it a whole lot anymore, especially with the guard position. Mm -hmm. And then now you're pairing him with two absolute gods in, in their own equal, right? Uh, I know God like is going to probably be a little bit more motivated too, to be like, I, I need to go out there and went back to back three V three championships as well. So I think it's going to be good. Definitely uh, an early favorite to more than likely take threes. But uh, this next team that we're talking about, Harris, this is my this is my sleeper team to oh, win the, the entire three v three. The sleeper to win three v three. Okay, uh, we got Mavs Gaming, Cap fan of Jar City Shots Day Fry. You go first, Mister uh, Dark Horse, to win the title. Fanta Jar City Day Fry. Mm. And I think what you do with it. I think you try fan. Uh, obviously, Fanta stays no matter what. Like this is your year. I think you and I are You're on the same pathway with where you're about to go with this. And Jar City and Day Fry, you try Jar City at lock first and Day Fry at big. If things are not working out, then you put Day Fry at lock and you put Jar City at the four. I, I actually think they're going to start with Day with Day Fry at lock. I, I think okay. they are going to need to because remember it's all about how often you have the ball in your hands, right? And the lock simply has the ball in their hands more than the power forward does on the offensive side. And they need Dayfry to touch the ball as many times as they can this year. Like, he should lead the league in touches uh, for at least a guy of his position. He should be the, the lock. Because he can, he can screen. He can flare out. He's the lead defender. He can pluck. He can start the break. He can do all the fun stuff. Um, I also would not be surprised if they played him at guard and did, like, a dual shooting guard thing with him and Fanta. 
Mm, um, I think that'll take away. I think that'll take away from Fanta's mojo and rhythm a little bit too much. If you depends on the builds, it depends on the builds. Honestly, yeah, you're on like your comeback year, and all of a sudden you're like, oh sweet, we're running two ball handlers. And but fucking it's day three fry. Three. I mean, like it's not like it's not like it's not like some random guard is coming over here. I think it depends th- on the build personally. I think to your point, locks in the three v three in the league set every screen. Everything because they just try to get the mismatches too. So I think um that that's kind of my hope. I know we talked about stuff that we'd hope that we see in the league build. Um, I would love to just see like the game speed levels we said in threes go up. I would just like to see God tier builds. Like everybody yeah. on the floor can go out there and make a play. So like Dave Fry gets the ball, he can start dribbling with it, shoot off the dribble, take it on the inside. So that's that's what I think. I think they'll try Jarcy first, and then um if things really aren't working out, or maybe if there's like this, you know, Dave Fry, what made him so special when they played threes, like they got the blitz steals down to a T and yeah. the way that you play defense. So I, I think that's what they'll do and then potentially flip. Cool. All right, let's go on to NBL Oz Gaming. C's, Harry, Bag, Plu, Milo. Uh, I don't think this is a too too difficult one. I got C's, Bag, Plu. However, I don't yeah. want to discount. I think Milo and Harry will play 3v3 games this year. Uh, Milo more likely probably than Harry, just cause Milo did play competitive threes a lot this year in NBL tournaments. So I would be surprised if Milo didn't play some threes this year. Um, but I think C's bag blue will probably be their most played lineup. That's what I'm going with. I'm, I don't like, I think it'd have to be a, a collapse and a terrible season. If we see NBL Lost gaming, jump off those three. I okay. think there'd be like there'd be one of those things where like, well, NBL Oz Gaming hasn't won a game in like six games or something like that. And I just like, don't. Oh, shit. I just don't know how popular it would be to their vision to not play either of their Australian players for half a season. Yeah. Like I feel like that's not going to be very popular on their side of the pond. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how many games they get. Uh, Nets gaming crew, not too difficult. We got Greens, Reed, Street, Steez, and Walnut. I, I got Greens, Streets, and Steves. We'll see them play together again. Hey, made it to the Final Easy. Four last year. Uh, and if Greens yeah. goes up a level, which, by the way, we should say, in that Final Four series, he was he was pretty bad. Um, that's that's the level, right, where that you could kind of see the next level that Greens has to go up to. But I will say, Streets and Steves also need to go up a level. They were good. They weren't great. And they're going to need to be great if this team's going to try to win a real title in threes this year. Streets wasn't giving us what he has given in the past in terms no. of like his defense and, and like those big game changing plays that you might see in the three v three mode. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's another that's another easy lineup to call. I, one one interesting thing with the Nets before we move on, and I I don't mean to like put this on them. This is just something I was thinking about the other day. Do you think with the relationship that Kurt has with the guys on his team, especially in the middle of the season, do you think that Kurt? would make a trade or make an ad wave on this team if if they weren't if they clearly didn't have it. No. Me neither. I think that I think this team like this is a team that was just built for fives. Yes. Like with the picks that they well, have. Well not even just for fives. And I don't think I, I don't think he wants to move anybody off this team. And I wonder no. and, and the a problem is is that if I was running the Nets, and again I'm not running the Nets, Kurt has Kurt is and has been doing a very good job. I feel like I'm still missing a blue chipper on this team. And I wonder if there's a way I can, you know, maybe around the trade deadline of threes, try to see if there's a way that I can maybe upgrade and get like a real blue chipper in there. Yeah, I think I I think it'll stay the same. Um, I'm kind of like hoping 
that when you're talking about some like the best power forwards that we have in the entire league, that we're just going up and down, like looking at the list that Steez can solidify himself. I think that's what they're missing. Yeah. I think they're missing like that, that heavy power forward presence to where we know Steez is good at the He's power good. forward position, but I want to start throwing him into the conversation, like with a cease, with a new Dini, with like somebody like a DJ, like get, get up into the fold in that type of regard. Here are the power forwards that Steez will be going up against in the East this year. Just, just in back in fives. I know we've been doing a lot of threes. We're just jumping over to fives yeah. for a second. Uh, Feast, Jay Bullen, DT, DJ Too Cold, Jolo Saint, Crizzy, Dini Crush, Dietrich Bate, and Plue. First Stacked. of all, goddamn, we have so many good players in this league. Second of all, right. he's probably bottom four, bottom five on that list, just from like just name, you know, on paper. Um, so you know, big season for Steez. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't want to call it a legacy season, but this is the best team that he's been on in a while. So we'll see if he can. Uh, we'll see if he can keep up. Him and Walnut back together again. So see how it goes. <laughs> uh, Pacers gaming. Cooks, Chess, Range, J-Snags, and Rain. It's a really interesting one. Um, I'm going to go Cooks at the one. I'm going to go J-Snags at the two. And I'm going to go Chess the Demon at power forward. I think just Cooks, J-Snags, Rain. I think they bring Rain back in? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I... I I was talking about that on my stream and everybody talked me out of it and said chess because apparently chess is really good. It's just hard for me to not have chess play any games after the season he had last year. But I guess yeah. you could also say equally the same thing for rain with how good he was last year for them. So it goes. Both I ways. think it's I think it's a good thing to build off of, like with how good Jay Snacks was and like how they did start to pick it up. And I think bringing in Cooks with the experience that he has, and I also feel like he's just a, you know, obviously a better overall player than what Chess was. I think he's going to be able to three hunt a lot more um, compared to maybe what we ended up seeing from Chess. I think it's going to bring a different dynamic to where Chess was doing some crazy stuff uh, when he was in the half court in terms yeah. of some of the threes that he was shooting. But I think Cooks is going to give them that little extra oomph to it too to this squad. So I'll go, I'll go Cooks, Chase, Snags, and Rain. I like it. Uh, I think, you know what? They have a really interesting team, and I think that Joel Azu is going to have a lot of fun figuring out the best lineup because I don't think they yeah. have a clear best or even second best lineup. I think they can shuffle around a lot. We didn't even mention range. Range is a pretty good lock. Like, we can probably use him in some threes lineup. So, um, interested to see what they end up doing. All right, over the Pistons. This one's a, a walk Easy. in the park, as they say. <laughs> Ant, Beast Move, Joe Mark Connor, Mona. It's going to be Ant, Joe Mark Connor. Yeah. Um, Man, wow. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I asked you this question or I asked somebody else on stream. What's better, Ant Jomar Connor or Ant Bagmotion Connor? Who's better? What team on, like, if you're looking at both those teams on paper, which one do you want? I think Ant Bagmotion Connor's better. The reason I will say that is because, one, the experience of, like, Going from with Ant when he went over to the Pistons that year that they ended up winning and then having bag motion and Ramo, they had this different dynamic in the way that they would run defense. Yeah. They also had a different dynamic the way that they would run offense. There's definitely, like, as, as good as Jomar is, there's going to be some growing pains with this team of all getting on the same page in three versus three. Sure. It's going to take a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to be detrimental to where they're, like, 3v3 seasons just going to come crashing down. But I definitely feel like there's going to be just those normal growing pains. These guys have played a lot of fives together. 
um, and even being in parties with them, playing with them, uh, watching over top of them. There's still a little miscommunications here and there sometimes. That fluidity, I feel like they just had with bag motion over the years. And then yeah. also you had Ramo when they won that championship, who was great. Then you bring in somebody else who has even better IQ defensively and in that threes mode in Connor. Um, so right now, like if you were to, we could have them like face off against each other. I would take the team with bag motion just because I think they have better chemistry. Yeah. But I think in the long run, if Ant, Jomar, and Connor stick together, I think that'll easily blow that team out of the water. I think what's interesting is that, you know, they obviously won a title with Ant, Bag, and Ramo. They couldn't win a title with Ant, Bag, and Connor. But if they if they can't win a title again with Ant, Jomar, and Connor, what the hell do you do? <laughs> You're kind of cycling through the best players in their position. What, do you replace Ant with Killy? Like, what are, you, what are you supposed to do to improve next time on this team? Like, there's not many better players in at Power Forward right now than Connor. Or at least that are acquirable. I don't know what you do. Well, I mean, they're they're in a lot better position than every other team who's playing threes because they won the championship. Facts. They made it to the finals. Not only did they make it to the finals, they did reset the bracket there as well. So now if they go out there and they lay a goose egg and say they don't make the playoffs or it's like a really early exit in the playoffs and you're like, okay, I mean, like what what just happened? They they win the title. It's a dynasty. Like they, like, they, they win a title. It's two out of three years with a finals yeah. appearance in the middle. It's a dynasty. But here's, here's the thing too. Like 5v5 in the league, and the growth and how the meta has changed. We're still, we're just two years into 3v3. I think that this game mode is just going to start to develop even more. I know that it's way, way, way more basic. There's not a whole lot of strategy that really has to go into it. But I think overall, from a gameplay perspective, we're from that first year where we had the 95 overall builds, the gameplay was slow. Yeah. Three is that first year. While it was still exciting, the gameplay, I remember saying to you a million times, saying to everybody else, man, having 99 overall bass builds in this would be great. Yep. Next year, we do end up getting that. Yeah, I feel like this year is going to be another step up. I feel like either that game speed is going to go up a notch to add to the excitement. There's going to be is there going to be something new that's going to be a little bit more overpowered? Last year that we had the standing dunk. Is this year maybe going to be contact dunks with the right builds and having dunk meters? Like, how is it going to end up changing? So uh, I, I'm really interested to to see that and how that's going to play out. But yeah, I mean, like, look at how much the game has changed from season one all the way to now in the five v five aspect. Just think of what it's going to be like for threes. Like, I wonder if we'll ever see a shift out of like the traditional meta of lock setting screens and they go back to power forwards. Like, maybe something has to force the hand to where those guys have to go back and play like the normal 3v3 style. I am excited to see what the Pistons do this year just because I feel like they've led the charge off of like what the best. Or not like what you're supposed to do in threes, but they just keep revolutionizing what this game mode is. Like, yeah. I think what they were able to do with Ant and Bag last year really changed things. They brought Connor in the middle. I thought defensively they started to do some really like revolutionary stuff. I, I honestly think I don't know if Jomar is better than Bag. Jomar is a very different player than Bag, and I think he's going to bring a fascinating skill set to the table. Like, he might not be the same shooter and dribbler. But, like, as an individual defender and rebounder, I think he's better. So I just I, – I, I think this team might end up being a little bit more Ant-heavy than the team was last year. But I also don't know if that's the worst thing because of how good Ant actually is. Um, so excited to see the Pistons. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Raptors. Uh, Antoine Love, Symptoms, Hom, Crush, and Seam. I got Antoine Love, Hom, and Crush. Yes. No. I agree with that. I think it's an easy one. I'm excited to see Antoine Love in threes. We didn't see him at all, and I've never seen him play three v three before. So, do you think he's scared? What if he's just awful? What if he's amazing? What if he's wh where? Where do you think he will land on the spectrum of awful to amazing for three v three? 
Amazing. Amazing. All right, cool. That I, I kind of lean that, that way too. <laughs> that man could score like almost 30 points a game in 5v5 with that many people out there. He's going to be a bucket getter in 3v3. Whether like I could, I could see the season going one of two ways. I could see Raptors Uprising GC being one of the best 3v3 teams like with Antoine Love absolutely cooking. Or I could see a heat check gaming 2.0 where Antoine Love and Kai kind of just do the same things. Lackluster defense, really good flashy offense, but just never able to get over that hump. So I think that's the one of two ways where things will go for the Raptors. I will say we did see him play a little bit of threes, and that was during the All-Star event, right? Yeah. Remember that? And those those builds were a little little funky. I don't think they all had that. I think there was something. They didn't have animations. or No, they got the accounts. They were all 85 overalls, yeah. but they, they like had to grind for their badges or like they were 99, <laughs> but they had to grind for their badges. And so they couldn't like fully customize everything. So I'm not, I'm not knocking uh, what we saw at all stars. Like, Oh Dan, that's the end all be all. No, but he played well. But that's now. the thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying is that he, pl- well, he couldn't shoot. That's what it was. He couldn't shoot. So he just started like making all these slick passes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right, let's go to the T wolves bear Two talk sub Iggy Mo and polo. Who you got? Two tack sub goaded and emo. Okay, I got the same. I, I I will be surprised if Bear doesn't find his way into some threes this year. I still think that's a priority for him because he's the leader of this team. Like this is his team. So I wonder if we see Bear play a little lockdown. I wonder if we see Bear play a little bit of power forward. Uh, you know, saw him play a little bit of guard where Tutak was playing the three. So I think it'll be interesting. I think Bear is going to get some game time in threes though. I think the only person, there's two people he could replace. One obviously being two tack and one being sub goaded. I think that while Igimo is good in 5v5, his bread and butter is threes. Like if of you course. don't play Igimo course, every yeah. single game to threes, like what, what was the point of even picking him? And so, yeah, I, I think more sub than two, likely if demon. things were, yeah, I think if more than likely, I think it would just be that flip between him and two tack. Yeah. I, I think that sub goaded and Igimo are going to be, Fine, but uh, you never know, right? Chemistry is a thing. So yeah. if, if Subgo to Igamo can't get on the same page, maybe that's where you see Subgo to go out. Bear goes to the lockdown position. Now, how good will that be? I got no damn clue. I know I see Bear mess around a lot, jumping around, like making new builds, go out there playing Pro-Am and everything. But I, I still think two-tack Subgo to Igamo is the way to go. All right, let's move on to the Warriors. We got CB13, Mama, Kenny, Cease, and Nay. Who you got on this one? This one's kind of hard. Man, um, definitely cease. Yep. Actually, Holton. It's it's hard, it's like, man. It's really hard. I'm more struggling with like I feel like CB13 is the right answer for guard. I I think but they I, have three guys who could all play guard for them in threes this year. Kenny. Yeah, I think I think CB Mama or Kenny could all play there. I think. CB Mom and Kenny could all play the guard. Kenny or Cease could play the wing, and then Cease or Nay could play the could play the power forward spot. I'm gonna go with CB13, Kenny, and Cease. Okay, but I would like to see like a very interesting lineup of a potential like Kenny at the point guard, Cease at lock, and a Nay at the four. Or like I I don't know. I'm still going to stick with that one, though. I'm a CB13, Kenny, and Cease. But I would like for, for Nay and his history with threes to somehow 
find a way into the lineup, yeah. but it's really hard to make it into the lineup when you have the best power forward in the entire world on your team. It's crazy how much better I think this team is going to be in threes this year. Like last year, they barely took three seriously and they still made the playoffs this year. They've now acquired cease and you know, are, are coming off the title. I think it'll be mama Kenny cease uh, for what it's worth. I think they'll just go two, three, four. I don't think CB has the explosive scoring that's needed to win in this game mode. And I actually think he'll enjoy kind of being like the guy with the headset on, like the second coach uh, in this. Um, I, I think Mama's going to come in on a scorcher. I think Kenny has looked great. And I think Cease, Cease has been really good in threes. So uh, I'm excited to see that team. Uh, last but not least, Wizards. Benzo, B-Rich, Awkward, Dini type. This one's pretty easy. I got Benz, Auk, and Dini. Easy. Easy piece. Another one of the easier ones to call. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think type defensively is a demon, but you got to be able to shoot gotta consistently. Shoot. So just go with what's safe with uh, that awkward and any combination, of course, yeah. having Benzo out there, too. So that was that was the easy one to finish it off before we go. Who would be who do you we aren't we aren't going to have the award this year? I don't think we might. Who is your preseason three V three MVP pick? 3v3 MVP pick. Unguardable. Oh, good one. Very good one. Uh, I'm going to take a swing. Uh, I'm going to go greens. Uh, I think I think that team takes the leap, and I think he's going to I think he's going to be really good this year. I'm excited. Oh, by the way, before yeah. we go, I uh, yeah. forgot to touch upon. Uh, I'm, I don't live under a rock. You don't live under a rock, do we? But there was another qualifier that happened this oh, past right. weekend. Oh, right. Oh, we've got to talk about it. Saw nothing about the the last 3v3 open qualifier. Yeah. Um, it was a team called 1% who ended up winning, which I believe is the same team who made the finals and lost the BP's team in the last qualifier. Um, actually, now that I think about that, BP's team could have played in this one too, right? Because you have to accumulate points. I think so. Or do you win and then you're I wonder if you win and you're in regardless. I wonder if it's the two winners and then No, the they were in that. this. They were? Oh, how far did they go? Yeah. Um, well, let me see, because there's a loser's bracket in this. I forgot. Uh, they lost to 1%. Is that the team um, that won the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, they lost in round four. Let me see. Control F, showtime. Uh, they lost 2 nothing in round five. Okay. To a team called B-Bag. Okay. Um, I don't know who any of the guys are on that team. Um, so yeah, so they did, they did go in again. They lost, I think to the team that I'm pretty sure in the first open qualifiers, they actually beat in the finals 1%. Uh, now let me find the team roster again. <laughs> um, so yeah, 1% is probably confirmed to be in that. If you made the finals of the yeah. last one, you just won this one. Uh, that's swags return TTV quick hero and she loves shifty K. Um, so nice. yeah, they'll, they'll, are we sure that's not shifty Kai? We got him. <laughs> saboteur so we'll, we'll see what generic uh name they get thrown into with the league build with them uh probably making it in there so that that's how everything unfolded in that last tournament yeah all right well we're at an hour 15 uh and that's it's probably a good place to stop uh, to all the players who have been listening uh good luck on your guys's travels coaches as well to your guys's various markets uh safe travels uh hopefully none of your airplane doors uh fly off and are bolted incorrectly uh 
hoping that all your planes stay together as you travel to various parts of the country. Obviously, the Dubs are already together. I saw Iggy Mo move into his Minnesota apartment, so I feel like everybody's kind of trickling in as February begins. It's crazy, Dirk. Uh, the season, well, we got All-Star the 18th. Season starts February 28th. Like, we, we got four weeks, and we're back, baby. We're back. Ooh. Woo. <laughs> it should be fun. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at sports team and at Dirk underscore JDR. And you can find us at V courtside 2k on Twitter. Find us on Apple podcasts and Spotify and on YouTube. We will see you guys next week. This time we'll have a special guest. We were supposed to have a special guest this week. We did not have it. We'll have a special guest next week, but for now we'll see you.